great big good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to have you here, whether you're joining us as our live studio audience, or you're joining us live online, or as many people do, joining us archived from throughout the country. It is wonderful to have you here at New Church Live today. And today we're talking about how is it that we can find a, a new frame? And I was thinking back this morning, you know, my, my mom, uh, you know, she was, a, she was a nurse, she was a business owner, and she also is an artist. And, and we would go to, go to this framing place, and, and here's, the, fr here's the, the, the canvas, and the guy who would do it, like, look at the canvas, and he'd, you guys can even do these hand signals. So they'd do this, then he'd do this, and then he'd do this, and it was all his way of seeing how the frame worked. Framing's important. Framing really matters. You, you think, folks, like the things that are most precious to us, like my son whose birthday is today, just saying. You know, those things that are most precious to us, we want to take those pictures and we want to say, okay, I want to put that in a frame. That's, that's worthwhile to frame. And maybe we can think the same way around the problems in our life. It's, it's interesting to me as a pastor you know, looking at challenges of life and I look at the challenges that I face, that our family faces, all this kind of stuff, you know, and it's, it's the list like this. And then we've had other people on this stage and their list of problems many times bigger. And yet here's the miracle, right? Here's the miracle. Those folks, I know at least for me, I found to be far more spiritually healthy than I am. So we tend to think that the number of problems is what defines the quality of our life. But I'd ask us to maybe think about this, just as a question, as a conversation starter. Maybe this. Maybe it's how we frame the problems in our life that will determine the quality of our life. It's a little different way of looking at it. It's a little way of saying, okay, maybe there's a somehow a new frame here that I can see that maybe can work better for holding the inevitable challenges of life. Join me on that conversation today. Because I think it's a great conversation, and I think it's one where, where we can discover again and again, you know, Mother Teresa's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful line that we will have peace when we remember we belong to each other. And how does that framing work where we can have a framing that becomes, that becomes in a way this, this ethos of harmony, so to speak, where we're each bringing our best to it and we're each bringing our best, our best, our perspective, our discipline, our responsibility, we're each bringing that in service to the common good. So to start on that journey, folks, I take you to this beautiful line here. I'm going to read it for you, read it for you in full here. This is, this is from Genesis 1.26. This is a story of creation. This is when humanity shows up. Then God said, let us, which is interesting, make humankind or a human or humanity, could be defined any way there, in our image, in our likeness, let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move. So God created humankind in God's own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So folks, if we just look at this, I mean, we just look at Genesis 1, there's a couple of verses here that are really significant. And God said, let us, you know, that's fascinating to me, let us, and I think here he's talking about the heavens. Let us make a human in our image after our likeness. There's an R there. Well, that's interesting, right? And then this other part, and God created the human in his image, in God's image. In God's image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So, you know, I was, I was reading through this, you know, a few weeks back, getting ready for this sermon, and I thought, that is so profound. Profound in a way, again, I'm, I'm 57 years old, that I, that I hadn't seen it that way for a long time. It hadn't really jumped out at me, this, 
this use of the word are, this, this idea, folks, this idea that things are created in the round. That's how God's creation works. That's how creativity works. I was talking with one of the musicians right before church, and he said, yeah, you know, music starts with just this me, and can I play an instrument, and then can I sing with the instrument, and then after I sing with the instrument, can I perform with other people, and then after I perform with other people, can I perform and read an audience? Like, like it's this way that the circle just keeps on bumping out. That's what creation is. It's, it's God saying, yes, we are here to co-create in our image. And, and if I was to put it in its simplest way, I would say this. Our image is God's image. That, that, to me, folks, brings God really close. Which is, I think, where God wants to be, right? God wants to be really close. He wants us to help frame what's precious. And we know, especially when we, when we, when we look at the life of, of Jesus, you know, this, this new framing that is possible. Jesus is doing it all the time. I mean, famous series where he says, you've heard it said, but I say. And that I say is always this invitation. It's always an invitation to us. To community. To the way that can look. I think we have to think about that. I think we not only have to think about that, but we have to live into it, and we have to find this new frame that, that somehow will help us frame problems in a very different, much more life-giving, generative way. Why do that? So we don't get stuck. Folks, are problems going to happen, yes or no? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're going to happen. So join me on this conversation today around a new frame. I want to start out today as the musicians come out with, with this simple question. I'll be coming back to this, and we're going to be touching on aspirations, and that's where this question gets. This question, I go to church because, and there you can, you can chat, you can put it in the chat, either on live stream, the chat on YouTube, the chat on Facebook, put it in any of those chats, your answer there. And you could also just shoot me a text message at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. And we're going to come back to that because I, I think there's, there's aspirations underneath that we all hold. And how do we use that to start to create a new frame, a new way to do this, <laughs> a new way to hold the inevitable challenges of life? And a final word, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Lord of the stars. of days Universe maker Here's a song in your praise Wings of the storm cloud Beginning and
that God of the star fields. You know, it just, it just brings back this beautiful image from the Old Testament where God's trying to explain the promise of life. So he takes this guy out, this guy named Abraham. He says, look at the stars. That's the way he could somehow get across his desire for blessing in our lives. So that's the God that we're going to talk about. And, and that's the God where we're going to try to look at what does reframing actually look like today. So I want to start with, with this, this part. I, back when I, started, when I started in seminary, they had something, I know this will surprise the kids in there, something called a newspaper. And, and, and the thing you were supposed to do, the thing you were supposed to do, like this was just like, this was just like seminary 101. You were supposed to preach with, with the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in another in the other. Because church is supposed to live not just with one foot in the spiritual, one foot in the natural. It's supposed to live with both feet in both worlds. And to this day and age, I feel like maybe for a pastor, we're supposed to preach with a Bible in one hand and a podcast in the other. Because there's so much good material out there, folks. If you're ever bored or going on a long trip and you want a bunch of suggestions, I got them. There's so much good material out there. So much stuff for us to think about and, and consider that it really, really comes from this deep Christian perspective on life. And, and again, that's part of our frame here. And, and, and part of our frame here, it's not a frame, I want to be so clear, it never will be a frame that excludes other frames. Our frame has to be big enough to include all kinds of ways of framing the world. I want to share with you a beautiful one that I heard that was just, it was really good. And I thought this is exactly what I think Christ was talking about. It just gives us, gives us some language around it that's, that's helpful. And this is the person who did the podcast that really got me thinking. It's, his name is Trabian Shorter. So, so Trabian was raised in uh, inner city Detroit in Michigan. He actually ended up like Ivy League, has done a bunch of incredible things. And I was listening to him being interviewed, and you know, he's, he's was raised, and, and the two of the really two of the people really helped to shape him were his grandparents. His grandparents were these very committed Christians. And they they said, I love this. You'll love this. I hope you'll love this. I know you'll love this. So so you know, yeah, you'll love this because you'll see the word love in it. You know, he said, My grandparents, they said, anytime I got confused, they said, Look, this is what Christianity is all about. 
love grandma and grandpa. The love doctrine. That's it. The love doctrine. Now remember, what's easily said or simply said is not necessarily easy to do. Right? I mean, we spend our lives trying to do this love thing better. And love is really hard. It's hard a lot of days. But that's why we come here, to try to, to, try to just in, in our own way to follow Jesus' message and, and to see that message as a way that points towards us just becoming a little bit more loving. Now he said part of that journey with understanding is this idea of deficit framing versus asset framing. He said a lot of the time we start over here on the left with deficit framing. Now I want you to notice, like just of the two, that both of them start out the same place. Deficit framing establishes an immediate pattern. Asset framing also establishes an immediate pattern. So, so if we're into deficit framing, we, like, we come to life with that pattern already. That pattern determines, please listen carefully, what we see and what we're blind to. Right off the bat. I, I heard one guy who was really into birds. And he was talking about how that's one of the challenges being a bird watcher is literally you can go out there and get so consumed with birds that you miss the snake in the path or whatever's in the path, because you're so focused on that thing. And, and that's good, you know, like if you're a bird watcher, but it's not so good if you're really enamored with discovering deficits in the world. Because if you're enamored, if I'm enamored, if we're enamored with discovering deficits in the world, guess what we'll discover? Deficits, all over, in abundance. And, and he went on to make this brilliant point. He said, the problem with deficit framing is that it, it dramatizes disparity. You know, there's, there's, and it's interesting, that word rhymes with despair, though it's not spelled the same, but just interesting, just even saying it, like how similar they are. There's this disparity between this and this, between the way I want life to be and the way life is, or more like the way I think life should be and the way life is, and it gets this, this back and forth and folks, like, here's the crazy part, right? And I've said this in here before, but, but it's worthwhile to repeat. It's interesting with deficit framing, a lot of the time when someone's doing that, at least what I experience, and I certainly experience this with myself as well, is, is they'll say, you know, deficit framing, well, you have to do it that way because that's reality. Be careful. Be careful there. Is deficit framing reality? Maybe sometimes. Fair enough. But that can't be ultimate reality. I don't believe that. That's not the message that Jesus brings to the world. And last, it taps clearly into our fears. I mean, and, and we all got them. And there's no easier way than collect a group of people than to collect them around a bunch of fears. And we can shift. We can instead, we can go to a very different kind of framing, an asset framing. And here, it just comes from a different place. It establishes an immediate pattern again. And, and I, I think to my, my friend, Stephen, you know, who worked with us for a long time, dear friend, he's probably watching from down in Florida right now, and, and Stephen, like, stuff would fall apart. New Church Live, there are so many different things that have to happen for us to get a service together and to get it out there. I, I had this image that we would show up every Sunday, there'd be this big on switch on the wall, we would turn it on, and we'd be good. Marcus, is that true or not? No, no. <laughs> it's not true at all. Many days it's like herding cats, you know, trying to get it all figured out. And, and Stephen, no matter what the challenge was, he, he clearly had an asset frame towards life. He would say, oh, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. That's, that's a pattern. So everything that came up was, 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 was looked at with the thing of, well, we'll figure it out. What it does there, folks, is it dramatizes then the opportunity. So, so yeah, so it, it sort of lifts up the opportunity that's in front of us. 
that's, you know, and, and that's like no small thing, right? I, I think about church, synagogues, mosques, a lot of those groups, and, and boy, there's an opportunity in this time. And we should come at it from asset framing. Not from deficit, look how fallen the world is, though there's clearly some dark things happening. But it, but it should come from an invitation to, to imagine how rich and meaningful life could be. What's that invitation? I think we want to hang out with those people <laughs> who are asking that kind of question. And lastly, it taps into our aspirations. And that's, that's sort of the key, as, as Travian Shorters would have it, the word aspiration there. And I'm, I'm going to come back to that word about 100 times in this service because I think it's such a beautiful word. So let's, let's look at the word aspiration. One way to define it is a place of where hope and ambition come together. I like that a lot. And it's and an aspiration, like if you just look, you look at the word geekiness of it, I love geeky word things. Like to be inspired, inspired means breath comes into you. Breath also means wind, also means God, you know, in the historical narrative. So, so it means that this, this God's breath coming into you, that's what being inspired. Conspire, which is kind of interesting. We've, we've taken that word. It doesn't mean nearly the same as what it did originally. It just, it just meant to breathe together. Aspire means to just breathe. So think of this, folks, with your aspiration. Where is it for you that you can just breathe? You can just breathe. And I realize if you're taking that literally, it doesn't make a lot of sense because <laughs> we're breathing all the time. But, but it does make a lot of sense when we look at it metaphorically. Where can we find that piece of breath? And I think that's where we aspire to be. We aspire to be in that place where we can simply breathe. Not caught in all the problems of life. Those problems are there. And, and, and so many of the problems of life are much more tensions we manage, not problems we solve. I, I think, folks, that's significant, right? Because we want to be able to breathe in those places, those aspirations, because these problems are just, they're just going to be. Where do we find that particular way of breathing? Now, now aspirations, I want to say too, is, is aspirations, it's not just like a glib sort of, stepping into like, I aspire to be this, and everybody applauding, and there you go. <laughs> That's not it. That's Pollyannish. It's magical thinking. If we're going to have in our lives a place where we're standing and we feel this aspiration, of course there's going to be steps of self-control, of, of self responsibility, discipline, a plan, all these things that will help us to move forward. So I, I don't want to hold aspirations out there just again in like a, like a glib way. I, I think that we, we have to have steps that are part of it. But that aspiration leads us to this place. Folks, and this place is beautiful. Watch somebody living the life that they've aspired to live. That person's alive. That is a beautiful place to be. Very, very, very few people, like maybe the Dalai Lama, <laughs> live there 24-7. The rest of us, Joe and Jane, Jane Bag of Donuts, we get to visit. We get to do a little vacation there on occasion. But those vacations, quote unquote, are important with our aspirations because, folks, that's heaven. That's where life's pointed for you. That's where we're going.
Now with that, folks, this is, this is the part that I thought, and, and again, it's, it's this, this graphic doesn't quite capture it, but this was the part for me is like, oh, that is a totally different way of seeing the world. And you'll notice aspirations in there. So, so it starts out with this idea. We have this asset frame. This is, this is what we have going for us, right? And then we plug in what are our aspirations? Again, no small thing, right? That Jesus was calling very regular people to be his followers and his disciples. And what he did was he spoke to their aspirations. You're going to sit at the hand of God. In other words, to the right and to the left. You're, you're going to become fishers of people. You're going to do great things. You're going to do even greater things. Jesus even says once, you're going to do greater things than even I have done. Wow. There's an aspiration. I, I, obviously, we're not talking truth. Don't try walking on water this afternoon. You know, like, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about things of our heart where, where, where Jesus is like, yeah, you know, I want you to live life so abundantly, filled with those deep aspirations. And then from there, folks, then we plug in to what's in the way. Deficit framing knocks off those first two and starts right away with what the problems are. What's in the way? Everyone who has done that at least once, please raise your hand. <laughs> right? We've all done that. We've all started at step three. Probably some of you started there this morning. I know I certainly can but notice how different it is, folks, when, when we come to the what's in the way after we've spoken to this is what we have going for us. These are the gifts we have. This is what we aspire to become. Now, a curiosity question like, yeah, I, I wonder what's in the way. And then we point that all to how do we serve the common good? If God has said creation is in the round, Common good is discovered in the common common good is discovered in the round as well. It's created in the round. Where each of us brings, again, bringing your unique voice and your unique perspective and your unique gifts and your unique aspirations, bringing that all, but it's all focused towards a center. That center could be said every week. Because Martin Luther King put two words to it that were spot on, is the beloved community. A.K.A. the common good. So let's, let's just play around a little bit with how this, how, this might, how this might look in people's lives, how this might look in our lives. Imagine, folks, a challenging relationship, and I'm thinking here, particular a relationship, a marriage relationship, or a relationship you're having with, with the real beloved. It's easy to start with what's in the way there, and, and, and oftentimes what happens when we go through that is we go to get help from someone, and what we do is we believe that if we go to get help from that person, that our first task in getting help is to list all the things wrong with our partner. And these are all, the, Chuck, just so you know, these are all the things he needs to do. Now, how well does that work? It doesn't work. It's instantly defensive. Ready? And listen to this word. And it's instantly disempowering. You're just giving all your power away. There are times, I think, where we really do have to tell our partner, like, this is where it's coming up short. This is what I need you to do. I think we can do that, but make it the exception, not the rule. Because notice how different it is. Instead of saying, if only you would, you said, you asked the question, how can we? How can we have a better marriage? How can we feel closer to each other? 
This is one a lot of people need. How can we have more fun? <laughs> Asking that question, very different. So imagine just again going through this chart. Let's, let's go going through, if we could get that graphic up there again. You know, going through this process, like here's the asset frame, here's, here's the things we have going. The aspiration there is like, yeah, and we want to have a better marriage. And then we ask the question, what's in the way? And then we use that to start to work towards the beloved community. It's a very, very different approach. Trabian Shorters talks about it with some of the challenges with inner city schools and dropout rates. He said, instead of saying like, look at the huge dropout rates, this is pointless, why is this not working? Instead he said, come to it from this, come to it from this, of all the assets that the community has gone for. The love, the care, the connection. And then maybe frame it in terms of the aspirations that these students want to graduate. They actually want to graduate. Then ask the question, what's in the way? And how do you point that towards the beloved community and the common good? And here's the miracle, folks then it will all start to wrap back on itself. We start to move towards that, through that process, we come back to the beloved community and it starts to wrap right back around. Where the beloved community becomes point one of the asset framing. That's a powerful kind of place to live. And that bit of where we move, folks, listen to this, right? Where we move from accusation or listing the other's wrongs into invitation to a brighter future. It's no small thing, I think, that the word Satan is the word the accuser. That doesn't mean if you accuse somebody of something, you're satanic. Not at all. It's just if we live, and there are times, folks, to accuse people of seeing, you know, I think it's things. I think that's true. It's, it's about if we live in that place, if we live in that place where our life is all about accusations and not about invitations. That's not, I mean, that, I mean, even just saying that, it's just like, oh, it just feels like hell. Because it is. Right? Imagine coming into any kind of community thing, your, 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 your close relationship, your family relationship, your community relationship, and everything about it is just about accusations. Accusations, what they are doing wrong. That it's about them. Do you want to be part of that? <laughs> I don't know too many people who do. We can fall into it. And that's where we may be able to make an actual choice. A choice that says, I'm actually going to choose to reframe this a little bit. And, and along with that, folks, comes such a different way of seeing God. I, I, I heard this yesterday. I was listening to a, to a podcast and it was a great point. I said like, you know, life, we can view life like a triangle. So imagine you're holding one of those old school ice cream cones, right? The sugar cones, you know, the pointy ones. And I, and I hold it like this with the bottom here and the point up here. So yeah, we can see it as a triangle, right? We see life as a triangle. We can see it as, as these divisions, with God at the top, followed by all these different divisions down to here. By the way, word of caution, oftentimes we put clergy in there as the middle person, bad idea. 
So it goes, God, people who really get it, me. And again, it's all based on division. That's not the story of creation. That's not the first story we read today. I mean, let it sink in. Like, here's God of the universe going, like, yep, I'm, we are creating humanity in our image. And humanity is our image and our likeness. That's not a triangle. That's taking this ice cream cone and going, boop, holding it up. So instead of seeing the triangle, what we see is the circle. We see the common good. We see creation in the round. We see a very, very, very different way of holding life. And that common good, folks, that's in the round that starts to celebrate the giftedness of all of us. Starts to understand that with asset framing, that there are certain things as individuals we just don't know. But thank goodness we're in community with other people who will be part of that answer. Who will start to fill in some of the blank places. And it's not that they fill it in so that we can appropriate their knowledge. It's, it's, it's they fill it in and then we can celebrate their knowledge and their gift. That's why you'll never see me play guitar and sing at New Church Live. Because <laughs> it's not my gift. What's yours? What's your in-the-round gift? If it's created in the round, who are the people, then, friends, who are here to co-create that with you. Where you learn to, as Will said, with the musician, where you learn to play the room. Creating in the round. As the musicians come out, what is it that we might create there? What is it that we might see there? What is it that we might, might start to see grow? I love these words here from Jordan Peterson where he said, what we start to develop is an ethos of harmony. An ethos of harmony. Each of us bringing what we have to the whole, to the common good, to the beloved community, all done in a new frame that values assets far more, far more than deficits. Lots of locomotive going down a railroad track. Lots of mighty river rolling by. Where everything that matters has been hidden from the eye. Coming to one conclusion. Love is the one solution I'm coming to one
It's Angela. I just wanted to let you know about a way to stay plugged in to all the things that are going on here at New Church Live. Oftentimes I get asked, how do I hear about things that are going on or how do I stay up to date? And one of the best ways to do that is to visit our homepage, um, newchurchlive.tv, and there's a get involved tab. And right there, we try to keep it up to date with all the events, all the ways to get involved, all the ways to serve at New Church Live. Um, maybe if you live locally and you want to help out um, around New Church Live, or we also post all of our events, small groups, um, community service opportunities on that page. Um, be sure to scroll down and see all the different things that are coming up. Um, and if you have any questions, you can always email me or contact me or put information in the chat window, and I'd be happy to answer any of your questions. So we hope that helps, and we hope you'll use that page um, to stay up to date. And uh, I just wanted to let you know where to find all the information. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, Angela. And yeah, folks, boy, so powerful, right? We really start to think about church not just you know again like it church can never become sort of a club it's why at new church live we don't have membership we have partnership i think we want to sort of have a feng shui version of what we're trying to do where it just feels like it fits and that means we're all in it together we're all trying to figure it out and part of that is again asset framing deficit framing getting clear about that and, and talking towards aspirations I love this idea, and, and this was sort of what, what Travian ended on, and it was it was pretty pretty good way to go. He said, try this out. Maybe what we need is a different introduction, a different way of, of introducing ourselves to life, other people, an introduction that's based on aspirations. Think about that. An introduction that's based on aspirations. Their aspirations. I want you to listen to some of these aspirations here. And, and I think the responses you're going to hear, they would be the same if, if again, if you're sitting in a, in, a, in a healthy mosque or a healthy synagogue or a healthy whatever. It'll still have the same timber to it, the same notes so we're going to put up on the screen here, this was, this was some answers we got to the question, why do you go to church? And I'm going to read some that I got. To take a break from the concerns of worldly things and focus on the spiritual. I love that start. And here's some other ones. I feel lifted up and reconnected to God and my community because it reminds me of what is important. I want to, and I can't do it alone to feel closer to God. 
I love how I am recharged and I feel like I am challenged to be a better person. Yeah, that, you know, good things will recharge you and get you to be a better person. Arkansas writes this, I want to be more connected to my Lord, family, and friends. There's somebody who gets five extra points for the day, my wonderful pastor and his sermon. And here, here are some other ones, folks. And just hear the aspirations here, right? This, this one was clever. This comes to us from down in the Carolinas. I want to go to church for asset framing. Unite in R or us and attempt an understanding of this path that I'm to be on. To be reminded of the true north that is to God. To be, oh, this is a good one. To be reminded my journey is a shared one. Boy, that's profound. We go to learn, to be reminded of what's real and important. We go to be inspired, to remain connected with and support the effort to build community and help God make a difference in the world. There's that co-creation you know, ethos right there. And love shows up. I go to church to help level me. Being in this spiritual community has brought me the peace, friendship, and love that I need to get through the difficulties of life. I go to church because it helps me not feel alone. I realize everyone is working on or going through something it gives me hope. Folks, again, like, just that, see the co-creation there, that, that ethos right underneath those beautiful words. I go to church because it speaks to me and how I view God. It grounds me. I love this one. Because I need life to be more than waking, working, and sleeping. I go to church because of my relationship with God. I go to church because I love New Church Live. <laughs> Those are all very sweet folks. And those are the aspirations. And, it, you know, in Sermon Writing Team, we ask this question, well, how would an angel introduce you, you know? If there's an angel, like, just popping into church <laughs> and you're a first-time attendee and they pulled you up to say, hey, I want to introduce you to the pastor or to this friend or to the musicians, think about how an angel would introduce you. I guarantee it wouldn't be with deficit framing. 100% guarantee it would be with asset framing. And with the knowledge that you have aspirations to live a meaningful life, to do important work, to find a way to be more loving, the aspirations we all share, and we find joy, a deep joy, and a deep happiness, and a deep peace in that process. And that last word, you know, around this asset framing. Trabian made this note about his grandmother. This was her favorite passage from the Bible. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And her message to Trabian was to say, hey, there's two parts to that. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. That idea that you're to humble yourself before God, real important. Doesn't say there, humble yourself before all of humanity. Because God wants you to be lifted up. God wants your light to shine because it's your life and it's his light. And the more you live into that, the more you get to experience heaven. And yeah, in a certain sense, the, the self, sort of the, the darker sides of self, do quiet, definitely. And a true self, a new will starts to grow. Heart of stone, heart of flesh. So the takeaway, real simple. Love anyways. And this week, brothers and sisters, get a new frame. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is we're going to do a prayer 
I'm going to offer a prayer, and then we'll have an opportunity to hear the Lord's Prayer. After the Lord's Prayer, we'll do a little blessing. After the blessing, Allie will be coming out and leading us in a last guided meditation. And then we have, not just because we have such great music today, we have not one, but two wonderful songs, including a fourth song with a special guest musician. So, please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us to find ways to reframe life. Lord, there's no doubt there are parts where we already know how to do it in a better way, and there's parts where we struggle. Help us to find those places where it's working and do those better, and help us to find those places that need addressed. And again, Lord, to come at it the same way. What are our aspirations? What's the invitation? What's the invitation to a new frame, a new clarity, a new way of love, a new way of life, a new community, all of that? Help us live there. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Hello, New Church Live. Welcome to meditation. This is a time to listen and to get back into your bodies. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take a nice deep breath. Take it in, take it slowly. Really feel that, feel your lungs. Yep, I hear some coughing. I too choke. Feel that breath fill you, making room, making space within you, and let it out and feel the contraction. Take another deep breath, and as you are breathing, I want you to sit with where you are and how you are in this moment. And I want you to get really honest. It's okay if it's, it doesn't feel good. It's okay if you feel elated. I want you to smile at whatever shows up. I want you to embrace that part of you and whatever is present right now. I want you to love yourself right, right where you are. So imagine yourself, arms wrapped around, warm. And this is where you start. You start moving away from the judgment and the fixing and all the places you wish were different. And you start to just open to what is and to really accepting and embracing that part of you. Take a deep breath here. Imagine all those dark places we avoid opening up and filling with light as you enter and receive that breath. And as you breathe out, 
smile at all those dark places that are now full of light. They were just places maybe you were protecting yourself, protecting someone else. Maybe you were just afraid. I want you to whisper in those dark corners that you are safe, that you are loved, and that you are worthy. I want you to take another deep breath and I want you to partner with that place in you that tends to go into darkness and say, take, it, take the hand of that place inside of you and say, we're gonna try something new. We're gonna look at where there is breath, there is ease. And we're going to bring it and we're going to look toward that good in ourselves and be curious where the good is in others. Let go of that defensive, angry space. Thank it for everything it's done to protect you and that it no longer needs to do that. And I want you to take another deep breath. I want you to imagine that you're in your body and that you're at peace with it all and that nothing will be lost in God's economy, that it's all used for good. So wherever you fell short, love that space and wherever you shined, I want you to put some light on that too and share it with somebody. All right. Come back into your body, wiggle your toes. Maybe rub your hands together, put them on your heart. And say thank you to yourself because you showed up today and you said yes.
yourself with some act of love wherever you go show a little tenderness and you might find the place you missed and many of us here could really handle this and we're home again Thank you. Um, we'd like to finish with a song that Ray wrote. Um, this is called Wounded World, and Ray wrote it for all the healthcare workers, all the nurses and the doctors and technicians and chemists, everyone that has gone through this pandemic and worked so hard. I'd like to bring out my daughter, Ellie. She's going to help us with this song. <laughs> Eleanor. ones 
Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.